my friend, welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is a show that's meant to help you remember who you truly are. I'm Ashley Stahl, a career expert, the author of the new book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. It's now available everywhere books are sold. And it's my honor to bring you guest conversations or even a solo episode with me every single week, all designed to help you elevate your confidence in work, in love, and in life. This is a place for you to reconnect to who you truly are, what you truly want, and to really heal from anything that is telling you that you are otherwise. To also mention my newest, most favorite job hunting tool and the sponsor of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Job Seer. It's J O B S E E R. And I'm so excited to be collaborating with them to bring you this episode. Their tool is an incredible Google Chrome extension plugin. It helps you find people's emails, job hunt more quickly, and it syncs up with your LinkedIn profile so that you don't have to search so hard for opportunities. And bonus points, it starts forwarding you and showing you opportunities that are a fit for you, as well as people's email address that you need to reach out to the opportunities. So those of you who have done my programs, you know how much I love cold networking. This tool jobs here is a game changer. To access the tool now, just head on over to ashleystahl.com slash That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com slash J-O-B-S-E-R. E-E-R, you won't regret it. Such an amazing tool. Now let's get in to this week's episode. Like someone might've gave you two dozen supplements. You yeah. can't do two dozen, but you could do six to 10. Yeah. And I know it seems like a lot, but you know that it's only for 12 to 16 weeks and then you can begin to taper. So if you work with someone that can give you a hierarchy of supplements and lifestyle factors as to what to do as well, because I could tell you to do a million things for Lyme, but until I talk with you, I don't know what you're willing to commit to because then I can give you the three or four things that's going to make the biggest difference. going on U-Turn friends. I am so excited for today's episode. You are going to hear me talk about things that you have not typically heard me ask questions about. And that's what gets me so snazzed up. Um, I am bringing Dr. Stephen Cabral onto the show. He is the host of a podcast I was just on called The Cabral Concept. You got to listen to it. He has daily content going out about all sorts of different health issues. And it was so much fun for me before I came on his show to just scroll through the feed and look at an area that would help me in my life. So any sort of nook or cranny health issue, he has covered it. Um, He's also spent over 5,000 hours of formal doctoral degree work, which included 2,200 hours of internships. I mean, he has spent so much time studying, working, and living in clinics all over the world. So in addition to his podcast, he has his own practice. His podcast has more than 20 million downloads and counting. So I'm just so excited to bring him to you here and ask basic questions on how can we up our immunity in these times? What are some things that we are not fully aware of? And so much more, Uh, Dr. Cabral, thank you so much for being here on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I I know that you, I've been dying to ask you obviously about your health journey because I, I, it's not every day I hear somebody got sick at 17 and didn't know what to do with it. So 
I would just love to start with, you know, clearly this was playing a role for you to join the health world. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened and what brought you into healing? Sure. And so for me, I ended up with adult-based illnesses that you may not get until you're 50, 60 years old at 17. And this is going back, you know, a number of years. So we have to understand is, you know, back then there wasn't the lab testing, the functional medicine, the integrative health that there is today. So we're looking at it through a scope of over 20 years ago with me getting extremely sick, essentially waking up one day and all the glands on my body are swollen. So we've all probably had swollen glands before. And those are lymph nodes underneath the side of your neck, your jaw. Well, you have lymph nodes all over your body. You have them behind your knees. You have them in your groin. You have them in your armpits. And I woke up one morning and my entire body is swollen and I can barely swallow. My eyes are essentially swollen shut. And I had been sick you know, as a kid, many times I had allergies, I had all sorts of like low level asthma, but that was just kind of normal. You know, I just grew up in a normal family. We took antibiotics a few times a year for colds. We, you know, we drank Kool-Aid in the morning, had a bowl of cereal, had some pup tarts and you know, that, and that was it. And so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. However, I got extremely sick and doctors had no idea what was wrong with me. They could obviously see I was ill, but they did not have the diagnostic tools to be able to figure out why a 17 year old would look like this and act like this. And so I spent two years essentially with um, undiagnosed illnesses in a very deep level, I would say of depression, low energy, low mood. I was a shell of my former self. I went from playing three sports a year in high school, you know, doing fairly well in school and all of those different things, having great friendships to having my life taken from me. And so I just being a firstborn, stubborn, pitta-based mindset, I said, I need to figure this out. And so that's what I did. And for the next many years after that, I went on a health journey that luckily led me to find out about natural health and different modalities. And yes, I relapsed many, many times over those years, but ultimately what I found was not only my answer so that I would go on to recover from the Addison's disease I was diagnosed with, the rheumatoid arthritis, the fibromyalgia, the POTS and a, a type two diabetes, a host of other issues, but I was able to heal those and along the way, figure out the answers to many other health conditions as well. Wow. Okay. So one of the things that really strikes me as I'm listening to you is like with health issues, it becomes quite obvious when it's really loud. Like you can't help but notice when your eyes are literally small and shut. But I think a lot of us are not realizing that when we need five cups of coffee to make it through the day, we wake up feeling like shit, you know, like whatever those things are, we get sick multiple times a year. We're not paying attention. And it's so unfortunate because I know that these things kind of layer and add up over time. And then we kind of wake up and we're young and we don't feel well. For me, what even triggered me to get a Lyme test was my partner. I'm, I'm known to be very energetic and I am. Um, but he said, you know, 70% of the time in the house, you'll say the words like, I'm tired. I don't really feel up for that. And you act like these little things like cleaning the dishes are a big request. And sometimes it does feel like a big request. Like I feel so cellularly exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to just kind of open the door for everyone to what you would like to say normal is and where we're actually probably not operating out of normal. Like to me, needing the coffee, feeling tired. So are there other signs that maybe people aren't paying attention to that they are not as well as they would like to think they are? 
hundred percent. And had I been looking for these signs, I would have known that something was coming. Mm-hmm. And we call it the rain barrel effect. It's basically over the years, all of us. Now, my rain barrel overflowed at 17. But for most people, it doesn't overflow until their 40s or 50s. And then they're diagnosed with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes. They're overweight or they have some type of autoimmune issue. They basically feel low mood, lethargic, and overweight. Like that's where a lot of people trend to. And But it doesn't happen until a little bit later in life. For me, it just happened earlier. So what happened was almost a perfect storm. I was eating poorly. I was over-exercising. I was over-studying for school. I was, you know, trying to be that perfectionist, get into college my senior year of high school. I had relationships, you know, dating. I was hanging out with my friends. I was working a job. It was too much, too much for my body that I could handle. And the, the really the triggering event was at age 14, I got put on amoxicillin for some skin issues, typical acne as a teenager, not typical, but I was eating poorly and all those different types of things. And I had taken over 3,000 capsules of amoxicillin, basically antibiotics, by the time I got sick when I was in, uh, when I was essentially 17 and a half. And that destroyed my gut function. So when you take that many antibiotics, even one dose of antibiotics can do it, but I took 3,000 over the course of How do you, how do you take 3,000 amoxicillin? Was it like every single day you had to take it? Every day, two to three capsules. That's wow. right. But then- as a child, we would have azithromycin in the house yeah. because our pediatrician would just give us, you know, there's four kids in my family, you get a cold, you just take amoxicillin or azithromycin and, you know, you go on your way. And so we would do that four or five times a year. That was not abnormal. So you just multiply that, you know, over the decades, two decades, and then you're on two to three capsules of amoxicillin every day for three years. And it just adds up. And so what happens is, sure, it's killing the bacteria floating around in my body, uh, but it's destroying my gut flora, the good bacteria in my gut, the villi, and I'm not able to absorb vitamins, minerals, zinc, et cetera, which we need for our immune system. And it just destroys my immune system because it's allowing candida overgrowth and bacterial overgrowth and H. pylori and uh, protein particles to spill into my bloodstream. So now my immune system is chronically activated. I've got wild allergies, wild mast cell activation, low-level asthma, you know, all sorts of brain fog issues. And that's because I'm chronically inflamed. And dermatology, though, how conventional, conventional medicine is single focused. If you have a heart issue, you go to a cardiologist. You know, if you have a brain-based issue, you know, like you're just going to dermatologist, skin issue, going to dermatologist, foot issue, podiatrist. So the problem is we don't see in conventional medicine how everything is interconnected in the body. And if you see the signs, you know what to look for before that rain barrel overflows. Yeah, man. Having worked in counterterrorism, I can tell you that the government is not coordinating just like the Western medical doctors are not coordinating. Well, look, here's the thing. I... I hear you on this. And I know that for me, one huge breakthrough was I went to see an ENT doctor in the same way you're describing, because my nose was always stuffed Mm -hmm. and he prescribed me, you know, nasal spray. And then my body was reacting to the nasal spray and I didn't have a stuffy nose. I just had a new problem. And then you fast forward seven years and I ended up getting a blood test, finding out that I have celiac, you know, gluten intolerance. And I haven't eaten gluten in two months and my nose has never closed again. Like I can breathe through my nose for the first time. And I just think to myself like, oh, that's really a bummer that I put a nasal spray on top of all of the gluten I was eating that made me sick. So I want to slow down the explanation of the gut because I know for a lot of the listeners, maybe this is the first time they've ever heard about that and all of this different bacteria. So 
what I'm gathering is there's good bacteria in your gut and there's not so good bacteria in your gut. And when you have a leaky gut or a gut that is permeable, maybe you took too many antibiotics as a kid and it loosened the cellular wall of your intestine, correct? That's correct. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And then basically as literal poop is going through your intestine, there is some toxicity, obviously it's supposed to exit your body that because there's holes in your colon, you know, intestinal walls, this toxic bacteria is actually getting into your bloodstream and just floating around your body and your, your immune system is having going wild west on it because it doesn't know what to do with all this bacteria and toxicity that's wasn't supposed to make it into your body. Is that kind of the right? Well, that's, that's one part of it. So if you look at your digestive tract, and I always keep my anatomy model right here. So we'll, we'll pull them into view here. People are watching this on video. So you have about a 12 to 16 inch um, esophagus that moves from your mouth to your stomach. And then from your stomach, it moves into your small intestine. So the issue with digestion, and, and if a lot of people are on um, acid blockers, they're on Prilosec, they're on uh, Prevacid, whatever it might be. And the issue is, is that that's your first line of defense. So if you're not able to break down that food well enough, well, then it starts to move into the small intestine. The small intestine, the food should pretty much be broken down from stomach acid, enzymes, and bile. And now you're absorbing a lot of those nutrients. Now, if you have intestinal permeability and leaky gut though, what happens is it's not just the bacteria, which absolutely can seep into the bloodstream, but it's also the yeast overgrowth. You're, all, you're supposed to have candida, but not supposed to have this fungal overgrowth in your intestines that can also, it's a living thing and it has essentially roots. It has legs, just like a mushroom or just like fungus that may be able to break through, which is called the hyphae, the cell wall of the intestines. Wow. This allows toxins from a fungus like a mold into the bloodstream, which activates the immune system and Whenever this gut wall becomes a little bit more permeable, which means the cells are supposed to be what's called tight junctions, they are a little bit more spaced out than also the foods that you're eating. The actual protein amino acid strands can begin to enter the bloodstream. Now, the reason why this is an issue is because your body then sees that as foreign, mm -hmm. something foreign entering the bloodstream, and it begins to overreact. Now, it's the start to an autoimmune-based issue. Now, People get diagnosed with autoimmune issues. They get diagnosed with all sorts of different diseases. The problem is, and this is always very controversial when I say it, say it, but there is no such thing as a disease. And people are always taking a little bit of back, but I had to understand that too, because when I finally got diagnosed with Addison's disease, the lack of being able to produce cortisol, so I literally couldn't you know, control inflammation at all. Rheumatoid arthritis, which is essentially deteriorating of your joints, starting with your small finger joints, et cetera, rheumatoid right? I mean, like uh, fibromyalgia, you can go on and on. But the problem is, it's a name for a collection of symptoms. Mm -hmm. So when someone has rheumatoid arthritis, they have a name for a deterioration of the smaller joints in the body. Mm -hmm. So why do they have that? You have to ask why? Well, 90% of all autoimmune issues start in the gut. And that is because 80% of your immune system is lined around your cell wall. So your immune cells can go into the intestine and they can wait for things to come out. But either way, it's created an inflammatory response when they see something that is considered foreign. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes those bacterial particles make their way to the joints or they make their way to the thyroid. Or, and so there's different reasons why people can end up with autoimmune issues. But what I do in my practice is something called first principles or foundational based thinking. So whatever is wrong with you, you have to ask why. 
And if you can ask why again, you keep going as you peel back the onion to figure out what exactly is wrong with you. And it usually comes down to nervous system dysfunction, hormones, gut issues, heavy metal toxicity, and viruses, you name it. But we're able to figure out one of those dozen things that it is that we're able to then help the person rebalance. I love this. I find it so fascinating. And I'm curious to ask, like, what are, what are the things that people are doing who are listening right now to trigger these overgrowths, to trigger leaky gut? Because I think it's not completely commonly known, especially on a podcast like mine. Not only what are we doing to cause this, but I'm curious, like, how common do you think this is? Like, do you have a, a guess on what percent of the population has a permeous intestinal wall or, you know, has these toxins floating through their body? Because my guess, I, I know a lot of healthy people in the wellness space, and you guys are so committed to eating in a way that serves your body. And I just can't help but think to myself, like what percent of the population is just walking around inflamed as hell, like not able to, um, I don't know, optimize their immune system. Well, we can just look at the statistics to at least give us a pretty good idea. We have two thirds of the population are overweight. That being overweight is a sign of inflammation. And that's because inflammation, like let's just say there's a cortisol increase and cortisol, which is one of our main stress hormones called the glucocorticoid, actually begins to make the body create its own sugar. So that's just a, a process of either gluconeogenesis where we break down protein. So believe it or not, you can eat just protein and fat and still make sugar in your bloodstream. And a lot of people don't look at that because they're on a keto diet or a low carb diet, but it still happens. If you take in enough protein, you break it down and create carbs. You create glucose. Your body can break it down from stored liver glycogen to make more blood sugar. Now, what happens is if you're not actually using that for energy, it gets stored as body fat. Well, when we store body fat, body fat in and of itself is inflammatory. So it creates higher levels of estrogen in both men and women. So many women in our practice are estrogen dominance, estrogen dominance. So they start to feel sometimes a little bit more bloated, like they're holding a little bit more water. They have a little bit lower mood, a little bit more groggy in the morning, especially more brain fog overall, maybe adult acne. So we can look at these things and we can say, okay, those are all symptoms, right? Those are all symptoms. That's not genetic. We all genetic predispositions, but it's things in our life that are allowing those things a lot of times unbeknownst to us to come to the surface. But there's, again, always a reason as to why. And in terms of leaky gut, okay, so we're looking at over 60 million people just in the United States with autoimmune issues. We're looking at a lot of people, again, with the lower mood, the fatigue, the weight gain. Uh, and I would say, you know, we when we run labs, we're looking at the vast majority of those people that have symptoms like that do have some level of intestinal permeability. Uh, and some food sensitivities for sure that they're walking around with. Just like you said, yours was gluten. Well, mine was dairy. Mm -hmm. When I cut dairy out of my diet, all of a sudden I could breathe through my nose again, just like you. And all of a sudden, a lot of the asthma issues went away. Mm -hmm. Eventually the allergies started to clear up when I, when I was able to heal my gut. So what I would say to people is again, if you've, if you've been diagnosed with a disease or you just don't feel your best, there is always a reason why. And just like me, you just don't, have that answer yet, but it's definitely out there. People have that. Mm -hmm. And as far as what people are eating to create that permeability or to create that toxicity in their blood, what are a few things that for you, you're just like, you, you've got to cut this out of your life? Or is there such a thing of that mindset? Well, when we look at what causes leaky gut overall, we know that for sure, alcohol is one of those things. Antibiotics is one. 
um, certain medications causes it as well, because many medications, believe it or not, have chlorine in them and fluoride. Not only does that create intestinal permeability, uh, but it can also affect your thyroid too, because it's it's called a haloid-based group. And I don't want to get you know too far ahead of ourselves, but I work with a lot of women with thyroid-based issues. And again, there's always a reason why, whether it's a mineral deficiency, enzyme deficiency, B vitamins, iron, uh, heavy metals like a mercury or aluminum. But again, there's always a reason why. Uh, birth control, I may have mentioned that, but that's another one. Poor food combining, like a lot of fast food, fried food, oils, um, and heavy metals. I talked a little bit about the ones for medication, but also just in tap water. Believe it or not, chlorine in tap water, which they use to clean the water, can actually destroy a lot of good gut bacteria and create intestinal permeability. Another one is artificial sweeteners, one of them just being Splenda or um, called sucralose. That can destroy a lot of your good gut bacteria as well, allowing yeast overgrowth and something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which causes uh, gas and bloating and a lot of digestive issues as well. I actually want to put a pin in that because I, I, I heard somewhere they were saying like, if you have a lot of gas, that's your body saying that you're not digesting something well. And I would love some feedback around like, what are some signs that people might not be paying attention to that like that, like they're eating something that is harming them. I'm also lactose intolerant. So, and I have all of the food sensitivities because I definitely have a leaky gut. And that's been my treatment with Lyme is just to get my body back into homeostasis so that I don't have to make my body an amazing place for all these little limes to hang out. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so, yeah, what are some thoughts for that? Well, what you want to do is you want to look at your current symptoms and see if they might relate to digestion. And the digestive-based symptoms, a lot of us think about, well, bloating, gas, constipation, loose stool. Those, those are the overt ones. So we, we know that for sure. But some of the less, I would say, they're not less significant, but we wouldn't think of them as much, are a lot of the brain fog or the fatigue within a couple hours of eating. If you eat and you get tired, like you need to take a nap around most foods, that's definitely a sign of weak digestion at the very least, potentially gut inflammation and other issues there. And ac again, acne, adult acne is a big sign of digestive-based issues. And the last one I would say is, or, or skin rashes, not just acne, because it could be rosacea-based signs, it could be eczema, it could be psoriasis. Eczema and psoriasis are a little bit different. Eczema being more of a TH2, so that's like chronic inflammation issues. Uh, psoriasis being potentially definitely intestinal permeability, uh, but also along with stress and potentially parasites as well. So psoriasis is a little bit different since it's more of like an autoimmune TH1 issue. Um, and the last one I was going to state is low mood. If you are someone in just like you're not yourself, you're just lower mood, low ambition, low drive, uh, you could have lower levels of neurotransmitters, one of those being serotonin. So it could even affect your sleep at night because believe it or not, serotonin is actually a precursor to melatonin and melatonin helps to turn down cortisol. It helps to get produced to get you a nice deep sleep. It's also a very powerful anti-cancer hormone, but 90% of serotonin is made and manufactured in your gut. And if your gut's inflamed and your gut's off, then you can't make the actual serotonin, which is the feel-good, happy neurotransmitter to keep you in a good mood. So it, it's, again, your gut goes well beyond just digesting food. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a reminder, food is truly medicine and it's also poison if we aren't choosing well. And 
I know for me, I was very overwhelmed at the amount of supplements that people were suggesting when I got my blood tested. So I would also love your feedback on, okay, so let's say somebody's listening right now and they're like, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, I have food sensitivities. Um, I know there's some tests online like Everly Well where you can go buy a at-home kind of food sensitivity test. What are some things that you would recommend for people to start getting some information on themselves? Because I think the idea of like going to the doctor kind of like, okay, things aren't adding up, but I'm not really sure what to do now would feel probably overwhelming and also expensive. So I'm curious, like what is some low hanging fruit for everybody listening to kind of just make fruit pun intended to make a big difference in kind of where things are headed in their life, whether it's air filters, a food sensitivity test, like whatever you suggest. And, and I know I'm asking you a thousand questions. I would love to hear just a little bit more about what hidden toxins are just floating in the environment around us that maybe we're not thinking about. Yeah. And so there, there's so many things that you can do. So what we always ask is what are the critical few things that are going to make the difference in your life? So I'm a big advocate of the 80, 20 rule. So if we know that 20, you could do a million things, but what are the 20% of things that you can do that are going to allow for 80% of the results? And then if you decide to afterwards that extra 80%, yeah, have a, do a couple things if you want. That's the icing on the cake. You're going to feel great once you get to 80%, right? There's no doubt about it. So First, you need to assess. It just, it depends on if you're, again, like if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you really want to get to the crux of the problem. Yes. So you could try every diet in the world and you'll never really know if it's working or not. And that's what I was doing because you don't have any analytics to tell you what was wrong in the first place. And if you started to get well, but then you introduced a few more things, you don't know what it was that either helped you to get well or you started to get worse again. So it's really, really challenging. So it just depends on your level of dis-ease in the body. And I put a little hyphen in there, right? So it's like, what level of dis-ease are you at? At some point, you're going to say, yes, I need a lab test. Now, the, the, the at-home ones are definitely the best. Like blood work is great, but we have to keep in mind, the blood work you've done it, do it your doctors for the most part. I'm not talking about Lyme, I'm talking about your typical blood work. It's almost going to show nothing wrong all the time because it's a homeostatic fluid and it's meant to always be level. So if something's off in your blood, then there's a serious problem because that's meant to always rob from your bones, your muscles, like wherever it needs it to stay balanced because it's a delivery system. So blood feeds all of the body, but it's not doing anything while it's in your blood. It's meant to actually be, like I said, a, a homeostatic fluid to give parts of your body what's needed. So you just have to be careful with some of the Everly Wells. And the reason is they don't give you a plan with it. And so people then go online and be like, oh, I have this, this, and this. And now they think they're dying and that there's no hope. And so what I would say is work with an integrative health practitioner or someone that can actually read the results for you because the results almost mean nothing without a filter or a lens to be able to read those results and then have an actionable plan on it. Because if not, you just chase your tail in circles, yeah. like even food sensitivities. I mean, again, like when I ran, when I did my first food sensitivity test, I was allergic to over two dozen different foods and they were common foods. So what was I going to eat? Like that was the issue. So the thing is I would have drive myself crazy, eliminating all of those two different two dozen foods. But luckily I was working with a great functional medicine uh, doctor then. And they said, the reason why all of these come up is because these are the foods that you're eating and you have massive levels of intestinal permeability. Yeah. You can eliminate them all and it would be good to eliminate as many as you can but until we seal up your gut wall, eliminating those foods doesn't matter. 
Yeah. You know, so like it was just a brilliant way of thinking of it. And so, and so I started again, I learned from so many great people. I've studied all over the world just because I was so skeptical that because I went to all the doctors, I saw all the brilliant people and it didn't work until finally, you know, I, I met my mentor. My mentor was Dr. Pete. And again, I have many brilliant, many, many mentors that I, I've worked with. And so I don't want to discount any of them, but she had the sayings, like everybody came to her and they, she said, well, you know, uh, my doctor says I'm fine. So why do I feel so bad? And mm-hmm. it's the truth is because you don't have to have a di- health is not the absence of disease. And that's another great line that I did not make up, but health is not the absence of disease. So what you'd want to do is you want to run these labs. I call them the big five. So now again, not everybody can afford the big five at the time. So you run a hormones. If you think your hormones is off, you run a digestive test. If you think your digestion's off, you run an omega threes test. If you think you have, you know, omega three, omega six balance. So Anyway, there's a test for everyone. So what I would say is move towards the area that you believe you have the most issues or run the big five, because then you get it tailored for you. And Mm. then you can work with your coach or doctor or practitioner to say, this is what I can give you. Like someone might've gave you two dozen supplements. You can't do two dozen, but you could do six to 10. And I know it seems like a lot, but you know that it's only for 12 to 16 weeks and then you can begin to taper. So if you work with someone, they can give you a hierarchy of supplements and lifestyle factors as to what to do as well. Because I could tell you to do a million things for Lyme, but until I talk with you, I don't know what you're willing to commit to because then I can give you the three or four things that's going to make the biggest difference. Hi, U-Turners. So sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to celebrate our sponsor, Jobseer, for this episode because they have just been such a game changer for so many of my job hunting clients, so many people in my programs who are looking to more quickly get people's email when they're cold networking, figure out exactly what jobs are a fit for them, and stop sifting so hard through all of the different job portals. So if you are curious on how you can expedite your job hunt, I highly recommend checking out jobs here. Uh, They gave us a link for you to access the tool completely free. You have an option to upgrade if you want to, but they give you so much free value on getting those free emails, learning what opportunities make sense for you, all with that little plugin. All you need to do to access it is go to ashleystall.com slash jobs here. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com slash J-O-B-S-E-E-R. Absolutely love the tool and can't wait to hear what you think of it. Now let's get back to this week's episode. I love that. And I want to go back to the big five because I find that interesting. And I would love just some basics. And I I don't want to minimize the, the depth that probably each test would be the solution for. But can you give us, you know, what are those five tests that you think people should be thinking about? And what are the issues that people might be facing to direct them to this one or that one? Like you said, hormones, like what are the signs that your hormones are off? What are the signs that you should be getting a food sense? You know, um, I know that we talked about the gut and food sensitivities and inflammation. So that kind of directs people to a digestive test, but can you talk a little bit more about those big five and what the signs are? Yeah. So the big five is literally the, I call them the big five. It's the group of labs that if you run them two ways, if you run them once and something's not quite right, you just feel something's off in your body, or you have a diagnosed disease of the body, you're going to find the underlying root cause factors as to why. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that's always what we're after is because if not, it's a wild goose chase. You really are. You're just trying to pin a tail on a donkey. You have no idea. Sometimes you get lucky and things work 
And like, I see a lot of women go on a keto-based diet and it works for like three to six weeks. And then it doesn't. And what happened was now they've slowed their thyroid to an even greater level. So now they have to eat less calories or exercise even more and never enjoy those carbohydrates, all those things. So it's, it's really about pinpointing what is off within your body. And so the big five labs look at the totality beyond what is going on inside of you that you can't see. So the first one is called a candida metabolic and vitamins test. So it looks at all the vitamin levels in your body. And even people that are eating a great diet are going to be deficient in a couple. If, if, let's say you have a phenomenal diet. You'll still be deficient in a couple vitamins and minerals. And people say, well, how, that can, how can that be? And again, I was an idealist, so I tried to heal my body through food alone. Well, when your digestive system is not as good as it should be, you can eat the best foods in the world, and you're not going to be able to absorb the nutrients. You don't have the villi, you don't have the bacteria to be able to manufacture those in your body. So that's a big part of it. The other is that there's soil degradation. Since the 1960s, our soil, especially in the United States, has dropped from anywhere from 13% to 80% of the vitamins and minerals. So you're not even getting, you'd have to eat three times the amount of actual good produce and nutrition to be able to get the same amount of nutrients back in 1950, 1960. So and again, when I, when I, so when I talk about using nutritional supplements, things like that, we have to understand is that I have, a, I have something called the de-stress protocol. It's diet, exercise, stress reduction, toxin removal, rest and sleep, emotional balance, scientific backed supplement protocols, and a success mindset. So it's eight parts, and you don't have to memorize all of those, but only one part supplements. So you don't heal the body through nutritional supplements alone, but what they do is they push the body back into balance temporarily while you're doing a lot of lifestyle-based things. Because if you can't sleep and get to sleep, you can tell yourself all you want that I need to sleep. I need to sleep. I mean, I was a complete insomniac, but until I started using some nutritional supplements to get me to sleep, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And so then I couldn't fix my adrenals. I couldn't fix all these other things. So sometimes you just need a little bit of a push. So let me get back to those lab tests though. So we have the gut-based test. It looks for candida overgrowth. It looks at your neurotransmitters. It looks for some mold. It looks for your mitochondrial function. It looks at your vitamins and detox. Then we have something called the minerals and metals test. That actually looks for heavy metals. So mercury, uh, lead, aluminum, which is, again, aluminum is in all tap water. It's an antiperspirant, aluminum foil that you cook with, uh, aluminum cans. So really important to look at that, aluminum and, the, uh, and mercury and the amalgams in your mouth for fillings. Uh, we look at cadmium, which affects the thyroid. So really, really powerful test. And then it looks at all your minerals. So this is um, all your electrolytes, calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium, your chromium needed for blood sugar, selenium needed for your thyroid, antioxidants, your phosphorus levels, your zinc for immunity. Again, I could go on, but even if you just run those two labs, so we call that the starter kit, the candida-based one, and then the minerals, metals test, you get all your vitamins and all your mineral levels. So now you actually see what you're deficient in and also what you have too much of, which might be gut overgrowth or heavy metals. So that's the starter kit. I'll be a little shorter with the rest. It's omega-3s and omega-6s for inflammation. Uh, the next one is food sensitivities, about 200 different common foods that you might be eating that don't necessarily cause bloating. However, they cause joint pain, brain fog, skin rashes, learning disabilities, et cetera. So that's the food sensitivities from an IgG perspective. And that means foods that you eat that cause an issue in your body one to three days later. So if we're recording this on a Tuesday and I ask you what you ate on Sunday, you probably have no idea 
you might remember one of those meals, but it's foods that you ate that day can, that can literally affect you today. So that's a great one to run. And then the next one is the stress hormones, mood and metabolism test. That's going to run estrogen to progesterone and estrogen ratio for women. That's extremely important because many women are dealing with what they feel are high estrogen issues that I explained earlier, but it's actually a lack of progesterone. And that's because their bodies are so stressed that cortisol is actually drawing some of that progesterone away. Uh, it, obviously, there's a, a, a imbalance that's there that we need to work on what? Not just giving a woman more progesterone, which a lot of doctors do, but actually getting to the root cause, which are the higher levels of stress and cortisol production. And that looks at um, DHEA, testosterone, thyroid level, uh, which is T4, T3, TSH, and then it also looks at your blood sugar as well. So uh, they're an amazing group of labs. I run them still every single year, not because I'm not healthy now, because I've recovered from all of those things and I have more energy now than I ever have, but the reason I still run them is because I want to make sure I catch things early. So if something's starting to fall out of balance, that I correct that now and not let it become an issue in the future. Yeah, you know, and for those of you who are thinking maybe like I did of like, oh, you know, shouldn't our body's natural pharmacy kind of correct itself? Um, I think we are living now in a time where we need these supplements because the environment is so much more toxic than ever before. I mean, looking at the industrial revolution and the impact it had on the air quality and, and water. And I mean, it's, it's just as humans, I know that we are created to evolve, but it seems like, you know, none of us are perfect. And I think one of the biggest reframes that I've had with my Lyme diagnosis is I just knew to ask for it. And it really helped me be aware of how many people are walking around with a bug bite that caused some sort of bacteria in their system. I mean, how many people have been bitten by a bug, you know, whether it's a tick, a spider or a mosquito, which my, you know, Lyme doctor was saying they also do have Lyme and obviously not all of them, but the point being, I think there's a lot of people walking around with, you know, bacteria floating through their blood and they are not taking this action to kind of get a sense of it. And, and I get it because I think the wellness space for people who are not focused on it can be a bit of a rabbit hole for some people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a job, like a 50 hour week job and a kid and a partner and friends, you know, it's like, who wants to sit around with their little supplement collection and put it in the pill box and make sure they don't eat sugar or whatever the things are. So I'm, I'm curious as far as some foods that you think people should be eating on a day-to-day -day basis that in your perception are really medicine for the body. Yeah, it's a great question. I would, and I would go back to that toxicity based issue because, yeah. you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, do you really need, need to do something like a functional medicine detox and these things when your liver, your kidneys, your skin is always detoxing your body. And that's absolutely true. Like there's no doubt about that. However, we are now in a time where there are over 77,000 documented man-made chemicals in the environment with over half of those causing cancer. So we know that for sure. And the average woman right now leaves her house already being exposed to 126 different toxins and chemicals. And that's because she typically uses 12 different bath-based products, shampoo, conditioner, moisturizers, makeup, and then also exposed to all the different cleaning products. So when we look at this, we have to understand is that our bodies are being exposed to toxins every day. There's not a person alive right now that would run an environmental toxicity test and not show some level of 
pesticide, DDT, like anything from the environment in their body right now. And I mean, I run these, I've run tens of thousands of labs. So this is all literally based on, you know, clinical practice. And so when you ask, you know, well, what foods best help your liver, which is, again, if you're watching this on video, this huge organ right here, I mean, this filters this organ, your liver, which is under the right side of your rib cage, it filters all of the blood in your body every six minutes. It's like the car filter going down the highway, but it can't pick up everything. And it also has to move it through what's called a phase one, phase two detox to break down these really harmful plastics and environmental estrogens called xenoestrogens. It has to break those down and remove them harmlessly from your body as a water-soluble substance. So what helps the most with that? Well, believe it or not, a lot of the vegetables that we don't love to eat uh, are some of the best ones, and that's the cruciferous vegetables. So if you can learn to, I would just say tolerate cruciferous vegetables. You don't have to love them, but make them a part of your meal. Uh, it can be absolutely fantastic. And the best one, well, you can't say best. There's not really a hierarchy because all the different colors of the rainbow are very helpful. But broccoli, cauliflower are two of the top ones. Brussels sprouts uh, would be another in there. And then also the, the little leaves like the cilantro uh, and partially are great chelators of heavy metals from the body too. So just adding those as a garnish, believe it or not, are actually quite good for you and um, getting in a couple of cups of those cruciferous vegetables every day. You can cook them, they'll be easier in digestion, and they still contain a substance called sulforaphane, uh, which is actually being, uh, it's extracted from foods and you can actually use it as supplement, which again, I'm not recommending you do that. I'm saying you get it from your whole foods, and then if you need to use, which most people do, specific supplements, then you can do that as well. I love this. And it, it makes me think to myself, and, and by the way, my note takers, cause I know you guys take notes like I do the five test kind of, and you can correct me on this going back is digestive minerals, hormones, omega threes, food sensitivities. And I'm sure you can do a little more research and maybe kind of explore that functional route. I have to ask you is hand sanitizer killing all of us. Like we have, I am so sanitized. I mean, like I get dog hair in my nose all the time because my dog is so fluffy and I like sanitize, put my finger up my nose, get this dog hair out or I blow my nose. And I'm like, man, am I just dying from Purell? So can you, I want to kind of shift to talk to you a little, unless there's a couple more things about toxins that you can share. Um, I want to shift into COVID as well. Yeah, no, I would just say on, on the toxins, um, remember toxins are always not an issue until they are which means that once you overflow that rain barrel, then they become an issue. So remember, they're always accumulating. So the goal is just daily uh, natural health-based practices, which we could talk about later if you want through sweating and diet and you know all those different types of things. And all, again, we open source these labs as well. So I never say that anybody has to purchase them through us, but I want them to be able to see the labs are available. And that's over at equi.life. That's just E-Q-U-I dot L-I-F-E. And people can just look up the big five, the stress hormones, and you can work with your local naturopathic doctor or integrative health practitioner or get them right online. But I just want people to know that they're available because I didn't know until I was 19 years old, two years later, that people are actually running these labs. All I had was what my medical doctor gave me. And that's why it took me two, yard, two years to get started on actually the healing process. Wow, okay. And I know that immunity is such an important concept in everybody's mind during this year more than ever. And I want to ask about the person who's listening right now, who's probably like me or like you were, where they get the cold bronchitis, sinusitis way too many times a year. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was totally related to you. You talked about azithromycin. I had a, the, my Z pack was like my magic trick. Like 
I always got a sore throat. It was only until Lyme that my doctor looked at my tonsils and was like, uh, those are coming out. Those are huge. And I, I sometimes wonder like, why didn't doctor, you know, I always did the say, ah, and like my tonsils have always looked big like this. So I always wonder like, why didn't a doctor say, get these out. And so I'm just kind of curious for some feedback for anybody listening. And then I want to move into immunity and um, COVID and kind of like what you're seeing, but can you tell me a little just about that for anybody listening who gets sick often? Yeah, so I'll just answer your, your hand sanitizer question quick, and then I'll go right in, into the other yeah. one because hand sanitizer is is not something that you want to be using all the time, and, and it's it's actually a quite scary product. So you have to look at it two ways. One is that you are not going to allow a substance that touches your hands into your body. So let's say you work with your hands all the time, and they're filthy, they're dirty. What if they you have not? Well, that's the only difference. Yeah. I was just going to say that. So if there's a cut on your hand, it's a different story, but that's the, the san, hand sanitizer then is going to be as bad as well because the bacteria is already getting in your hand, but it's what's in the, so let me just say why, because I don't want that to come off sounding you know, insane, which, which it can. So if you put your fingers in your eyes, in your nose, or in your mouth, potentially deep in your air, then you'll be able to allow whatever that bacteria or virus is into your body if it was touching your hands. Now, there are, of course, airborne viruses as well. We can get into that. But we, we, have to be, we don't have to be as conscious about using hand sanitizer all the time. And that's because if the hand sanitizer is antibacterial in nature, and many of them contain triclosan, those are detrimental to our health. Our hands and skin have their own natural uh, bacteria and flora. And also we can't allow, our skin's dermis. So basically it's, it's um, porous. It allows whatever you put on it to enter the body. And if you're putting antibiotics in your skin and they can enter into your bloodstream, that can also affect the rest of your body as well. So I'd say wash your hands with hot water and soap when needed, especially before eating, but just keep your fingers out of your eyes, nose, and mouth, like we, you know, like we talk about for kids. And actually, I learned this the hard way because I used to, uh, I actually worked in a bunch of gyms when I was 18 through 22, and I would just wipe my eye, and I would get conjunctivitis all the time. And I was like, what's going on here? Well, I was like, oh, you, you can't do that. And so I started just using the inside of my shirt to, to wipe my eye, and, and then the, the problem went away. So anyway, we have to be careful with that. Um, there are less invasive forms of hand sanitizer that just use alcohol or coconut oil or essential oils, and those are much better choices. Okay, this is so helpful. And I know that probably the person who's getting sick all of the time you know, there's inflammation. And for me, having gotten sore throats and all of the things, and, and mine always lingered, you know, it was like a six week to eight week journey. So if somebody would cough on me, I'd be like, oh, what a buzzkill. I'm about to go down for the next like two months. So why do you think some people, and I know it's, it's your immune system, but mm -hmm. is it just that, okay, here's what I want to say. With COVID, I felt kind of confused by how everybody's confused about why it hits some people super hard and then not others. Because for me, that's the same thing with anything. Like why, why do I get a really bad cold and my partner never catches anything? You know, some people have a better immune system than others. And it's the same with Lyme. Like my doctor was saying, some people never have symptoms. Like they just got a tick bite and Lyme bacteria is just floating around their bloodstream. And then there's other people who are like cancer patients. They're so sick. So I would just love to hear your perspective on kind of like what's to come with COVID and also the immune system 
you know, just your, your opinion on why is it that some of us come into the world and we can kick a cold and like, it's nothing. And then others are just kind of like, you know, mortal combat, like finisher. And I'm just like on the <laughs> ground. So yes. would love your feedback. So, so I want to use a little bit of your work to be able to answer this question since your community will obviously know your work better. Yeah. We, we, you talk about the 10 uh, core skill sets. Yeah. Okay. So think of that as your immune system or, or think of that as your genetics. So why am I genetic code? It's hardwired. Like that's it. Like it's hard coded and you have yours. It's hard coded. However, the expression of that comes through all of your experiences in your lifestyle, everything that you eat, everything that you do, the stress that you're under, the sleep that you get, the toxins that you're exposed to, all of those things matter. And that's what changes our genetics. So you're genetically predisposed to one thing or another. But I'll say to you, this is that just like you believe and you know that you are in charge of your life, that you're in charge of creating your destiny, your career path, same with your immune system. Like no one, I should, I should step back a little bit. 99.999% um, of people don't come into this world with a weakened immune system, okay? They come into the world with a maybe massively robust or not as robust, but they can make of that what they want. And nobody has to live their life like you did and I did, where chronic size infections from the end of October through March of every year. Basically, one would go away, and then I'd have a two-week reprieve just because I was taking the antibiotics, and then the next one would come. And five out of six years from my early 20s, I had pneumonia. And it was just, I mean, that's a sign of a weakened immune system. But the problem was we blame our immune system. Our immune system is a product of us and what it's exposed to. So what did I have? Well, I had poor diet or at least foods that were not compatible with my, with my body. I was over-exercising for the state that I was at. My body was weakened and I was adding more stress by over-exercising, right? I had stress with school and college and all of those different things. I was definitely being exposed to all sorts of different toxins, especially living in dorms and drinking tap water and all these other things. And so I could go down, I wasn't getting to sleep because I was going out till two, three in the morning with friends on the weekend. And it would take me until Wednesday, Thursday to recover. And then we'd be doing it again on Friday. So again, Every like there's hope for everyone. You just have to figure out what it is that's depleting your body because it's essentially. I always ask people, are you taking more energy in through all forms of your life or giving more energy out? Because if you're depleted, then your your immune system is going to suffer. And yeah. so that's the essential. That's the and that is why though, many people are much more susceptible to this particular virus, COVID. And we know again. So there are always there are always outlier cases like cases. One of my top health coaches got COVID and was really sick for seven days. Now they recovered naturally, they did great, but they should have kicked it in a day or two, right? Well, we don't know. You know, I don't know how stressed she was in her life. I don't know any of those things. But there are always outliers. However, we know that the majority of the people who died from COVID were dealing with cardiovascular issues, high blood pressure type two diabetes or obesity. And that accounted for the vast majority of people. And that's again, clinically verified. So all the people that I just stated in that category are chronically inflamed. So their immune system's on every single day of their life instead of being on and then off and then on and then off. So it's like, it's undulating where when you have a chronic health issue, you're chronically inflamed and your immune system's always working. It's under attack. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to our conversation about the gut and the leaky gut and our diet and yes. too many antibiotics. Yeah, I think as a kid, I took too many antibiotics and it really makes sense that I am this way. 
Um, and I just think that we grew up in a time where that was kind of the option. And sometimes the holistic route just doesn't work, you know, like we'll try this and that, and then eventually maybe you need some antibiotics, but I, I want to well, ask, it doesn't, it doesn't work if you don't have the exact match for your body. Exactly. So it always works. So I just want to state that there is no, there is no, I, I want to state this, you know, very emphatically is that everyone has an answer out there because the reason you're not well is one of two reasons. You have a toxicity, which is an overgrowth, let's just say of the gut, candida, parasites, H. pylori, or bacterial overgrowth, candida bacteria. Um, there are many other overgrowths as well, heavy metals, mercury, lead, you name it. Or there is a deficiency. Your body has a lack of B12, vitamin D. Like we see that with COVID. No one, so there are, there's a lot of clinical research on this, people with higher levels of vitamin D didn't end up getting the virus as severe and they did not end up dying from it. So like, there's a lot of correlations, all this. So we, you might not always have the answer and your practitioner might not either, but there's always an answer. Now, is there a time and place for antibiotics? Absolutely. So if you have a life-saving condition, that's when pharmaceuticals are needed. So if you have high blood pressure of 180 over 120 and you could have a stroke, yeah, you should be on high blood pressure medications until you do the work to rebalance the body naturally. If you have... Um, yeah, but you have a staph infection. You should take antibiotics. Like there's no doubt about it. But for every health condition, pharmaceuticals aren't going to get you out of it because pharmaceuticals weren't the reason that you got in the first place. Right. So you don't like if you have high cholesterol, you don't have a statin deficiency. Mm -hmm. If you have high blood pressure, you don't have a beta blocker deficiency. What you have is an underlying root cause, such as higher levels of cortisol, uh, lower levels of magnesium, lower levels of potassium, uh, excitatory neurotransmitters. Again, there's a reason why you just have to find that. Okay, so a, a few key questions and then we can wrap, but I, I wanna ask about products in the house because one of the things I've been really careful with myself about is not going, like I said, down such a rabbit hole that I'm just kind of like crazed, but I also really wanna be well. And so I know every single day, all we're doing is drinking water, coffee, putting on makeup on our skin, lotions that have chemicals, Tupperwares that maybe aren't right, toothpaste in our mouth. Um, so I'm curious, like, what is the low hanging fruit for anybody in their house right now who wants to just, who's willing after this episode to say, you know what, listen to the U-turn podcast. Ashley took me into her rabbit hole with Dr. Cabral. <laughs> now I want to replace three things in my house. What would be the three that you're like, please just do this. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly what you should do, by the way. Like you don't want to do everything at once and you also don't need to. So you do a few things, even just one, and you do that until you say, okay, I'm ready for the next. And then you do the next and you do the next, meaning like health is not a process that you all of a sudden, there's an end point. Like you just get it and there's an end point. I work on myself every single year to say, how far can I take this? I'm optimizing sleep. I'm doing this, but it's only because I've done the foundational things. So now I get to yeah play a little bit and do these things, but you do want to start with the foundation. So the foundation is what do you do every day? Don't worry about the things you do sometimes. If you go out for pizza once a week, unless you have a big gluten or dairy issue and you have an autoimmune issue, then maybe it's okay. Like, okay, just that's your, you know, flex meal once a week, no big deal. But what do you do every day? And so every day you drink water or you, at least you should be having some water in your tea or whatever it might be. And so 
And you want to start there. So you want a water filter, no doubt about it, because you don't want to be the next Flint, Michigan. And in my book, I talk about that there's pharmaceuticals in water that they don't even test for because people, when they don't want their medication anymore, they flush it down the toilet. And people don't know this, but a lot of the water that you drink goes through water uh, treatment plants that comes back for your drinking water. And yes, it's been purified, but they still use water treatment plants for that. Not everything comes from a beautiful reservoir. You know, that's just not how it works. And so, and you, again, all this is verifiable. Uh, I have over 350 uh, research citations in my book that are talking about this. And it's not to scare people. It's just saying like, listen, it's honestly as easy as getting yourself a nice Berkey water filter, like something that actually filters your water, not a Britter, nothing against Britter, but it's not going to filter out what you need to filter out. Um, so you do that. And then, you know, for breakfast, you stop eating the uh, cereal with mycotoxins and mold in it and, you know, all those things. You just make yourself a beautiful, nice smoothie in the morning with some good quality vitamins and minerals and protein and all these colorful foods. And that's how you start your day. So you do the things that are already in your life that you're just doing a one-for-one -one exchange, you're not adding anything more. And that makes it a whole lot easier for people. And we find that's a great way to start those habits. It's like, hey, whatever you're doing, can we replace those things now? And um, I have a, a webpage, it's stephencabral.com forward slash resources. There's no opt-in. It's not even my products. It's just a hundred different products that you can choose for your health, uh, for your home, for lifestyle. And they're all ones that I've already done the work to review. It's like, I don't know how to do my taxes, but my accountant does. So I don't want to learn how to do them either. I just ask him, you know, like, yeah, Hey, you know, like, definitely. can you help me? <laughs> and that's why we've had Organifi sponsor the podcast and anybody who, you know, wants one of their proteins for their morning smoothie. I absolutely love them. And it's just Organifi.com slash U-turn, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-turn and use the U-turn checkout code for 20% off. Okay. I have to ask you about supplements. What are the top three, four, five supplements that like you pretty much think anybody needs daily? You mentioned vitamin B. Is it true that everybody's a little bit deficient vitamin B? I would just love your take on like, what are the three, four, five things that you think people should just go buy today? And is there a brand that you trust or are there any concerns for those of us who are going to hop on Amazon and get something on prime when it's not the best brand or something like that? Yeah, there, there's, I mean, the supplement supplement industry is the Wild West. Yeah. And luckily, it is being cracked down on more and more. But most companies are just looking to use the cheapest possible ingredients, great marketing, and then make the most profit possible. Yeah. But there are some companies called functional medicine-based companies, and they provide practitioners and then also, um, you know, everyday patients and wellness clients as well. And what they do is they spend money on the research and they also third-party tests. So they make sure that there's no heavy metals, that there's no GMOs in there, that there's no pesticides, any of those things. So that's definitely what you want to look for. Um, I formulate for a brand called Equalife. I just, I mentioned that before. All of our products are at equa.life, but other great brands are like a Thorn or a Pure Encapsulations or an Integrative Therapeutics. Those are practitioner quality. They might cost five to ten dollars more like we're not talking about major difference in price but you know what you're getting and you have no idea what you're getting with a lot of the other brands and i can tell you for sure uh, a lot of those amazon ones are the wild wild west um, what i would say is i have something that i call the daily foundational protocol and this is what 90 percent of the people in our practice use to maintain results so you can use this to fortify your nutrition uh, and then also maintain that. So this is essentially what we call a supplement to a healthy diet. So first comes good whole food nutrition, but 
nobody's perfect. And you're not, even if you are perfect with your eating, you're still going to be a little bit deficient in some vitamins and minerals. So what this is, is an all-in-one uh, nutritional support shake. And so you can make a smoothie out of it. You just put two scoops in your, what I do is I mix a couple wild blueberries because they're frozen. It's easy in my freezer, mix some greens in there, uh, add a frozen banana if you'd like, blend it up with some nut milk and two scoops of powder. You've got everything you need essentially for the day. It's all your vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, 15 grams of a, a hypoallergenic uh, plant-based protein. So there's that. Then you want a good quality omega-3, ideally what's called a two-to-one EPA to DHA ratio. I'll give you the, the link in a moment, but you want that because it's good for your nervous system, good for your hormones, good for your brain. Uh, and that balances your omega-6s. The average American is an 18-to-1 omega-6 to omega-3, causing massive inflammation in their body uh, when they should be closer to a 3-to-1 at most. Um, so a good omega-3 helps with that. A good daily probiotic support uh, is essential for most people, not perfect with their diet. You know, that will help as well to populate good bacteria. And then, uh, the last one would be, uh, a daily fruit vegetable blend. Uh, the one that we do is, um, 22 organic fruits and vegetables, ones that you typically wouldn't eat. So I think, you know, like every day my go-to would be some greens in my smoothie in the morning. It's easy. I can just throw a handful in there. Uh, some broccoli, maybe a little bit of sweet potato or squash at lunch and then maybe some asparagus or bok choy, something like that at night. But I'm not eating like a wild variety, you know? So what I try to do is use the greens powder again as not my whole food, but in addition to, which gives me all the phytonutrients that has been shown great for anti-aging and health. Okay, so, you know, I know that you were talking about vitamin D too to prevent COVID That's and correct. maybe taking daily vitamin D. Okay, so I was listening to your podcast about COVID. You talked about how you think that um, things are going to potentially normalize maybe in May, June, and that we're closer to herd immunity than we think, given the amount of the population who doesn't even know that they've had it with little tickles in their throat and that huge period of time where nobody even could get a test. Um, I also listened to you talk a lot about antibodies and how we, of course, are still sitting in the question of how long will these antibodies protect us? I want to ask you, and I don't know if this is a topic you're down for, so you don't have to talk about it, but vaccine, what's your opinion on the vaccine? Just personally, like, how do you feel about it? I know there's a lot of people out there who are really scared of it, and it would also give them some sort of inner permission to just relax and live a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. So just curious for what your take is on that, and do you think more pandemics are to come? It's a lot of questions in there. Yeah. I'm ha happy to tackle them. So um, I do have hope. And I've, um, you know, I've been saying this for quite a while. I don't, I can't predict the future. It'd be great if I could, but I can't. I just believe with where, um, how cases rose and uh, in correlation with the typical flu-based season, because this is an upper respiratory-based illness, that we're going to see the decline in May, June. I believe that. I'm hopeful for that because, of course, I want that for everyone. I want there to be less fear, there to be more socializing, people getting back together, acting as humans, because I know that depression, loneliness, suicide, addiction, uh, relationship issues have skyrocketed during this lockdown. And again, you know, we have to do what we have to do sometimes. So there's no doubt about that, but that's another side that doesn't get talked about quite enough. Uh, suicides did rise quietly. They're not being talked about by about a third. And that's a tremendous number. And, and it's something that doesn't get talked about quite enough. So I think that's very important. Many people, it hit them harder than a lot of other people. And so we have a difficult time, maybe even relating as much, but, but certainly I've seen that. And I've seen the fear in even very, very healthy people. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I do believe we'll get there by June from everything I've seen, all the research that I've done. And herd immunity is something that 
will allow us to get there, uh, whether people have gotten the vaccine or not. And the reason is that a lot of people forget, but if you get the virus, uh, you've given yourself your own vaccine. You have built up the antibodies to the actual virus themselves. And I just, again, I'm a clinician, I'm not a researcher. So there are PhDs that work in a lab and analyze. I read that research and then I actually do it in practice. So, you know, it's nice that's, you know, obviously you can do both. Um, but what they're showing is that the antibodies are actually mutating in our own gut and helping us to get against potential similar strains, which is good. So we're learning that and they're lasting for well over six months where before we didn't believe that they were. So again, that's why I believe we're going to get to herd immunity faster. In terms of do I, you know, how do I feel about vaccines? It's such a personal thing. It's like, how do you feel about this religion versus that? How do you yeah. feel about this political party versus that? It, it's my same exact answer for all for those other two questions. And it's that being such a personal thing, you, you have to be well-informed and well-educated. This is some place that you can't. So let's say you came to me, you ran your big five labs. I gave you a specific protocol to go on. You know that like, there's no dog in the race for me. Like I just, this is what's wrong. I show you, I educate you, you know, all these different things. And this is the plan that's going to help you rebalance your body. It's, it's, it's clinical. But when we're talking about politics, religion, vaccines, these types of things, it's not as cut and dry. And what I would say is this, you can't leave it up to someone else. So whether it's for you or your children, read about all of the pros of why you would take a vaccine. Then read about all the negatives that are possibly there. If you're super pro vaccine, I understand, I get it. But there are some downsides that you should be aware of. And if you decide the pros outweigh the cons, then that's the right decision for you. But if you decide the cons outweigh the pros, then you have to stick with that as well. I, it's how I look at life. You don't want to do something in life that you would regret doing. And you also don't want to do something in life that you would regret not doing. So I always say, what would be the one that you regretted the most? And that's how I look at it. Um, and there are some people, you know, the truth is, who need it more than others, right? Yeah. I mean, there are some people that just need that more than others, where other people, they get the... Um, you know, they get the virus or not, and they're going to be okay. 99.6% of the population uh, we have seen, and it's probably a touch higher, uh, will be okay. That doesn't mean that it's not serious. It is serious. The flu is serious as well. Uh, but we have to weigh all of that as well. All right. And do you think that this is just a reminder more pandemics are coming? Uh, and, and if they are, I'm glad that we went through all the immunity tips because obviously, it's so great when your immune system is working and it fights something off before it even takes you over. Yeah, I mean, a lot of podcasts I've dedicated to the immune system and the virus, and that is, you know, clinically proven right now. If you were to take vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D3, and potentially something what's called like a zinc ionophore, like a quercetin, then your chance of not even going to the hospital and survival is almost hundred percent. Like I can't, there's no guarantees. Of course, there's no guarantees. You still want to get your body healthy, but if you're a healthy individual and you do those things that boosts your immune system. Now, vitamin C doesn't give you an immune system, neither does zinc. It helps your own immune system to fight the virus. And I know we don't have time today, but there, it works through a very specific way of how it stops viral replication, unravels the virus, and that enables your own immune system to catch up and destroy these things while creating your own natural antibodies that then if you were ever to be exposed to the virus again, and it enters your body, 
your antibodies are already there. They're at a lower level. And then they start to multiply, 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 and they wipe out the virus on their own. So you have either mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. So do I think that there'll be future pandemics? You know, I, I do. Is this uh, once every hundred years, you know, or is this something that happens more often? You know, there, this isn't the first SARS-based virus. So, you know, we've had five, six SARS. I mean, there's this is obviously SARS-CoV-2, so the second of its version. But we've had MERS. We've had other viruses like this. And so this one took hold. Most of the other ones affect hundreds of thousands, not tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people. So it's a, it's a little bit different. Um, but sure, I, I certainly believe that there could be more viruses like this uh, in the future. Yes. This has been such an amazing conversation. Where can everybody find you? You are just so full of information, all of your podcast episodes. I'm so excited for people to listen. Yeah. Where do you recommend everybody go? Well, I don't, I feel like I, I may have overwhelmed some people today and I never want natural health to be overwhelming. So it's always starting where you are and just changing those one or two things. And then again, every month you might pick one new thing and that's kind of fun. Like that's, and it's also an easier way to make an investment of, you know, $50 a month, hundred dollars, like whatever you feel is appropriate for you to just upgrade your life. Because if you get your, I may have a little tagline on my podcast that says, change your body, change your life. It's so difficult to have the ambition, drive, energy, zest for life without a healthy body. Yeah. And so that's why my goal is to get people healthy so they can go on to live the life that they want. Like they can go and live out their dreams. But if you struggle to, with brain fog every morning, grogginess when you wake up, it's just gonna be difficult to push through with that amount of willpower. So the best place to start is I have a book called The Rain Barrel Effect. It outlines all of this uh, in, in a cohesive manner. And because um, I feel like I was over the map today, but what it does is it takes you through why we get sick. And then it gives you the de-stress protocol. I outline exactly everything I do in my practice and hundred percent of all uh, profits there go to charity. And so that's the first spot. Then the next is uh, the Cabral concept, which is my daily podcast. That's at stephencabral.com forward slash podcast. And there's a search box there. So you can type in anything, whether it be Hashimoto's, SIBO, Candida, rosacea, rheumatoid arthritis, you name it. And you'll find a podcast on it, Lyme disease, um, and you'll see all my different protocols. I open source everything. And so all my protocols, all my labs are open sourced. And that's at equa.life. And the reason why I open source it is that at some point in everyone's career, they've done what they set out to accomplish. And it is about now teaching as many people as possible, allowing them to make their own tweaks and changes on it. And again, help that many more people. So we, again, if people never use our labs or protocols, that's okay. Uh, but they'll be able to see everything that they can do in order to get well. Thank you again for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. In the meantime, if you heard about any resource that you're interested in from one of our guests, you can find it listed in our show notes on the podcast tab of my website, ashleystahl.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you'll also see our free quiz to help you discover what career path you're actually meant for. And of course, we cannot thank you enough for written podcast reviews. I read every single 
one, I get so motivated from reading your words and it just means the world to me that you take a moment if you have an Apple device and you write an actual review for me. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you being here and cannot wait to connect with you next week.